What's up, man? What's hey, up, man? Jeff. Yeah. Is this you? That guy looks familiar. Dude. That is me. They nailed it, right? Look at that. I'm telling you, the, the, the technology is really good, actually. Like, really good. Oh, my goodness. Except I think I look, I think I look better in games. <laughs> well. There's something, about, there's something about pixelated me that looks a little better. It's more yeah. It, may, it smooths out some things, maybe. I, I think so. I feel you, buddy. I get it. I'm getting older. The, the older I get, the more smoothing I need. <laughs> Oh man, I put a picture of Jeff's uh, character from Call of Duty in my Zoom, so you guys can go check it out on social media. Uh, welcome to Radioactive Dads. I'm Brett, and he's Jeff this episode. Usually Nathan Kress is our, our co-host and my partner in crime over here, but he's off filming the reboot and the reimagining of iCarly. And uh, so in his stead, we have Jeff Shine, who is from like every video game you've ever played, and also some uh, fun, silly movies with producer Katie. Yes. And like a million other things. He's an actor. And um, you live in L.A., right, Jeff? Uh, so that's more of a complicated question now. I mean, oh. first of all, hey, dude, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, Good to meet but, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so we live in L.A. My wife and I have lived there for about 15 or 16 years apiece. Um, but we're currently a little bit back and forth between L.A. and Atlanta. Um, there it is, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. That was a that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of have to let it happen. Oh, dude, totally let it happen. <laughs> it's almost over. You never know when Dude. it's going to happen, man. Producer Katie you know just nice, hits though? that button whenever she wants. I'll tell you what, though. That's nice. That bring, that's like got a nostalgic vibe to it. Thanks, man. Yeah. Like, I feel re- like I feel very, very at ease now. Yeah, you're getting it. It's the, uh, you know, radioactive or, like, nuclear family, mm-hmm. right? But, like, 1950s. Remember when everything oh, was, so like, you- astro, nuclear, whatever, radioactive? Yes. Yeah, man. You've got like a little, there's like a little Jetsons feel in there. That's right. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'm into that. Yeah, man. Our buddy Greg Jenkins wrote that song for us. Actually, he won an Emmy last year for like an animated thing. He, he's a, I mean, obviously talented songwriter and everything. Shout out to Greg yeah. Jenkins. So wait, you got interrupted by the theme song, but you were talking about your wife. You're talking about your lovely family and everything. Let's keep going with it. Right, right. So we're, so currently we're back and forth um, between LA and Atlanta. Um, cause my wife's working on a show out here. So we're here, we've been here for the last, um, well, I can tell you exactly how long we've been here for the last five and a half months. Mm. Um, because that's exactly how old my daughter is. And, uh, and before that we were all in LA. Yeah. How is it over there? It's actually great. I mean, it's, it's the first time I've been in Atlanta for an extended period of time. Um, but I like it. I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's a cool city and there's a ton of like our work out here now. I mean, there's like a lot of studios and a lot of work and there's always stuff going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, and the cool thing about, about, well, you can see if I can loosely say the cool thing is if there's anything cool about COVID. Um, but what's interesting about that time is that it's, it's really like sort of opened up uh, our industry as far as where you can live and where you can work Oh yeah, um, because everything's so remote now. So it, it doesn't, you know, I guess when you're, when you're quarantining as, as hard as we've been, it's hard to tell the difference between LA and Atlanta anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, look, 
yeah, these are the weird conversations we're going to be having going forward. Like, it's hard totally. to say the cool thing about COVID, but I mean, yeah. I think it's, you know, not just our industry, so many industries, you know, all of these friends of mine who used to have office jobs who don't think they'll ever go back to going to the office five days a week anymore. Well, I think and- it's good. I think it's going to be hard to put the genie back in the bottle. I mean, and especially right. just, I mean, if for no other reason than I think businesses have seen, you know, and up to and including our industry is that what we once thought had to be done in person doesn't always have to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and there's pros and cons, I think, to both. Um, I mean, there's certainly been things, you know, during the, during this process that I think have worked in our favor. Um, and then some things that are obviously presenting challenges that you have to figure out how to overcome, but, you know, all in all, I think everyone's, I think everyone is and will continue to figure it out. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool though, man. Like I, I, I don't necessarily want to live in LA. <laughs> I mean, I gotta, honestly, you know, can, can I, I moved from somewhere I mean, else originally. It's never really felt like home all that much. I mean, I have a home and I have a family here, so it, there's that home ness but like, you know, I'm from Seattle originally born okay. and raised. I went to yeah. New York for school and everything like that after high school and lived in New York for like four years. And then, I've been in LA ever since. Um, Where in New York? Uh, Upper West Side, like West 83rd Street. Um, yeah, yeah, my yeah. wife's from the Upper West Side. Oh, cool. Oh, I, I mean, see, if I could live anywhere, that's where I'd live. I don't know about raising kids in the city, though. That would be kind of tough. I, that's, where that's, I was, a whole, that's what I was going to say. Whole different conversation, probably. But, um, but in terms of like culture and just like, I mean, New York is so huge, but it still has more of a sense of community than I feel like LA does sometimes to me. That's how I feel, at it, least. No, I would agree with you. I think New York has very interesting and distinct communities within the city. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. So I'm from Connecticut originally. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I've been out in L.A. for about 15 or 16 years. Um, and, and, and interestingly, I, you know, I, I really liked L.A. For me, it was it was like the necessary step and the necessary move and, and was exactly the kind of vibe I was looking for outside of like getting out of my small town. Right. Um, but it's changed a lot, especially recently. It's yeah. very, very different. I mean, I, I think if you had asked me this question two years ago, I would have said, uh, I absolutely want to stay in LA. Uh, I want to raise a family there. Um, and now that conversation is is pretty significantly different. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, if we're, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough at this point, I think both in the time and sort of where my wife and I are both sort of career-wise where it's not absolutely necessary to be in Los Angeles, um, so I don't know. I don't know that we'll go back. Yeah, I hear you, man. Right. At least not in like the main, I mean, maybe we might go further out. I mean, you know, we're actually, we're in these conversations right now, you know, the, the fun husband wife conversations you always have, where you're going to live, where you're going to buy a house, should we sell, <laughs> should we keep it? Yeah. So maybe Calabasas or like out by Thousand Oaks or something, but I don't think inside like the city proper. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm out of the city. I'm up, up, I'm Calabasas adjacent. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, it's great out here. Uh, so oh we man, I love it. Because so I, my realtor was suggesting like places out there and um, good school districts. And, yeah, yeah, the burbs really? for sure. But it's kind of nice to be out here. Radioactive yeah, dads on Adobe Radio. Jeff Shine filling in for Nathan Crest on this episode. We're just chatting about living in LA and community and you know all that kind of stuff. Um, I think for me, man, like I've I've had to grow to accept LA 
but I still don't know if I love it. I'll tell you, this year, this whole year, we've been doing a bunch of camping and getting outdoors, and because it seems like that's really the only thing you can do and everything yeah. with the kids. You know, it's not like you can go to the trampoline center anymore or whatever <laughs> indoors. So we've been doing all this camping and stuff, and it's it's helped me grow my love of this area because of like through the nature and the like natural beauty of it. Um, sure. But city wise, man, I just I don't know. It's just never really felt like home. I think it's hard city-wise because it's not really walkable. Yeah. And really with the kids, I think, you know, and I'm just getting a taste of it now, you really want to be able to get out, walk someplace, you know, throw them in the stroller. But Mm -hmm. when you got to pack them up into a car and get out again and, you know, drive four blocks, which might take you 20 minutes, just, it's just, it's not really the same. But the thing I agree with you on is, you know, I love the fact that in LA you have access to like every different kind of nature you want. Yeah. So funny. I just got obsessed with, and I've been looking at them constantly online. I don't know how close I am to actually getting one, but these camper vans where they take like sprinter vans. And- oh, buddy. You're speaking my Dude. language, man. I just bought a 05 uh, Yukon XL with 120,000 miles on it. And I'm like building it out into this, you know, mobile treehouse, basically. Oh, see, and that's awesome. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. I mean, it's a project and it's um, more hours so far than I even thought it would be. But, you know, it's going to be cool once it's all said and done. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, it's good to have a project. Yeah. I actually man. think it's like, I actually think it's important to have projects. Dude, come on out to Woodland Hills. Let's uh, pull some trucks into the driveway together and, you know, I would love get to, out man. the power tools, man. It'd be fun. I would love to. I would let's, love that. Let's go back to LA though for one second. I want to talk about like business wise, and because we're both actors, and yeah, it sounds like we've been here about the same amount of time. Like, I've noticed it changing in terms of like the the business though, in terms of the the work that's being made. The literally the artwork feels different to me. You know, the process mm-hmm. feels different for a lot of different actors. What are some of the changes like internally you you've kind of seen? Because I it's know, it, dude. It's night and day than when we got here. Oh, yeah. I mean, and night and day from when I even started as an actor. I mean, which I guess is essentially close to that same time. But, you know, even before COVID, there's, you know, so much stuff has become, has gone digital. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. So, you know, one of the two things I've noticed have paralleled both of my on-camera work and my voiceover work is you're asked to do a lot more as an actor and be good at more things mm-hmm. outside of just the scope of your responsibilities of learning your lines, being authentic and, and, you know, the, the parameters of, of acting mm-hmm. in voiceover, you have to be an engineer. You have to, be, I mean, you've got to have all of these technical skills in order to remain competitive, not the least of which is also like probably, you know, having a space to record that's yeah. also competitive Yeah. as an actor, you've got to become an editor a sound guy, yep. a lighting guy. I yep. mean, there's like, there's, there's different skills that you didn't have to have before because all you needed was a half-assed printer or someone that could print for you, <laughs> yeah. a headshot, and you walked into a room and they weren't even usually, a lot of times weren't even recording it. No, yeah, I know. I, I, I know, I know. Back in the day, they would say, okay, now let's put it on tape. Like, if you were good enough, you would just come in and read it without it even being taped. And then they'd say, you know what? Let's lay this one down. And you're like, oh, sweet. (laughs) I mean, and there's, I mean, again, there's pros and cons to it. I mean, like, look, I think there's advantages and things that I love about being able to record at my house, being in control of the material, being in control of what I send. I mean, there's a lot of control. And I think, I think there's no choice as things evolve, but to embrace it. 
I think bucking against the system does nothing but create frustration. And like, you just, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting the wind. There's yeah. just no, there's no point in doing that. Yeah. However, you know, some of those things, which are positives have also come on the heels of, there's also, you know, a lot more submissions happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of, for, from the casting perspective, they have to wade through a lot more just tape and that's True. hours of stuff they have to do. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. There, there's, you know, it is what it is. I don't think it's ever going to go back. There's just no way that you're going to convince, you know, casting directors and, and, and other parts of that side of the process to rewind the clock. Um, well, and in some ways it's good. Uh, Radioactive Dads is Agreed. what you're listening to. We're on Adobe Radio. If you miss it, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. And uh, Jeff and I are talking about auditioning and living and working in L.A. as an actor. Um, I mean, it used to take, if you had an audition, I mean, especially where I live now out here, if you have an audition in Hollywood midday, that's three hours minimum round trip. Oh, dude. And I'm talking about just driving there, doing the audition, maybe BSing with someone you know in the waiting room and driving home. It's like there's not a lot of like, you know, going and grabbing a coffee. That's why it took three hours. It's just the traffic and the whatever. So the self-tapes, I mean, you get to avoid that, which is good. Less of a carbon footprint driving around maybe. Maybe some less traffic. Nah, that'll never happen. Nah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, you, I was actually so I'm curious then because one of the one of the one of the parts of the industry that I haven't noticed, and uh, mostly because I don't do that much anymore, is are commercials self taping at all now? Because that seemed to be the only area where everything else went self tape, but commercials were still in person. And then yeah. you know you go from the valley to Santa Monica, and there's your day. Yeah, totally. For, I for, for me for maybe walk in, take a photo, and leave. I, the only commercial audition I've done since COVID started, I only had like one, I think, and it was yeah. a Zoom one. So it was still digital, oh. and I was still at home, but it was over Zoom. So yeah. I guess that sort of counts as in person nowadays. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Well, that's what I mean. But I mean, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of them, I felt like, were still completely in person. Interesting. Like you weren't. You were still having to drive all the way down. I mean, not during COVID, obviously, but yeah. prior to that when everything else was still ramp or starting to ramp up towards, you know, uh, self tapes and things like that, online submissions, commercials were always in person. Do we worry about though? I mean, maybe this is a silly worry. This is off the top of my head though. Like new actors coming in, people who haven't had a job before, because we, we both know, and everybody who has gotten a job and been lucky enough to get a job before knows that once you get the job, there's a whole different side to this acting business, which is like all the onset etiquette and, hitting your marks and you know why the dp needs you to do what he's asking you to do and things like that like there's a million other things and i wonder with all this not that you get any of that experience in the casting room but just the experience of talking to people being social being within the business talking to the dudes in the waiting room and and whatever when you take all of that out like what if you're someone who just you know you just get cast off your first tape now you're just thrown into this world where like you're like I don't ever see anyone usually or something. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Is this making no, any I, sense? A hundred percent. It makes sense, dude. And I actually think that this is, I actually think that this was a problem even prior to things becoming less in person. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I realized like right away is there's very little that happens prior to your first job to prepare you for the day you actually step on set. Right. Because you get so accustomed to this, the tiny universe that you live in, which is like your, your five or six friends who you, who you, you know, run auditions with and, and practice with. 
the small casting room, which, mm-hmm. which by the way, like the, the casting process as a whole, I, I feel like doesn't really serve the work that no. ends up being done. Like very rarely. I, I don't think it's a great system. It's a flawed uh, system for it's sure. Totally flawed. Yeah. Com- I mean, it's completely flawed. And so what happens a lot of time and, and, you know, I, I noticed cause I've been lucky enough to, to be, um, on both sides of the camera during casting processes. And you, you see how many actors you can tell probably have the chops, but within about five minutes in the room, you go, no one, they don't, there's no one's going to want to work with you. Mm. This is like the, the, the sort of the, the etiquette, the part, the professionalism beyond your talent. Right. I think, you know, and there's no place to practice it. Yeah. And you don't get any of that on a self tape. Like in other words, the casting director can't watch a self tape, which you've, I hear children in the background. By the way, look at no, that. No, you hear you hear one of my two dogs. We have two dogs, oh, a turtle, and a child. Kind of like the children. Two mother, two mother-in-laws. I was going to say, there's proof of the the fatherhood. No, but anyway, um, you don't get any of that in these self tapes. You know, like the casting director can't really find out if what your personality is like when you're just sending in this very carefully manicured. Here's just the scenes from the script that you sent me. You know, you don't get any sense of the person if you've never met them before, of course. And you know, and you, so it's and you forget kind of weird. You forget like casting directors, like, you know, they're taking a gamble on you. Yeah. I mean, if they don't know you, which is why people like to work with people they know, if they don't know you, it's a gamble. I mean, the first gamble is like, can you do the job? Right. The second gamble is like, am I gonna get a call from producers in a week going, Why didn't you vet this guy or girl? They're a nightmare on set. Yeah, yeah. Like totally. we they're great in front of the camera, but between between cut and the next action. They're a nightmare. Yeah. Or so or worse yet, like, hey, that self tape was amazing. I don't was that the only good take out of sixty-five of them in their apartment? I mean, we'll dude, never know. What if they show up go. and they aren't able to recreate that magic that took three days to make? I don't or know. I'll do you one better. Not even be able to recreate it. What if they can't take direction? Right. So you've got the perfectly manicured take, like you said, and I love that expression of the of the version of the scene that you want to do, which is phenomenal. And it's your job, I think, in my opinion, as an actor to bring an absolutely strong, committed choice. Sure. It's not your job to figure out what they want. It's your job to present something. You're auditioning the character. You're not auditioning. But then you have to be able to drop the 25 hours of work you've done between takes one and take two because the director goes, yeah, we're just going to do the whole thing differently. Like, I want to see it. And turn it on its end. And if you can't do that, I mean, that's what I mean. You know, casting directors have a tough job. Oh, yeah. It's a tough job. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're judging a lot more than just your performance. Sure, they have to. Yeah, that's for sure. They're like the gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I could talk about this stuff all day. All day. And uh, we'll keep talking about it. Hold on, I'm trying to do a segue here, trying to be a pro radio guy. We'll keep talking about it after you guys listen to some music. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> so much to cover with you, man. I want to get into like specific projects. And then, of course, we got to talk about being a dad and all of that, since it Hell is yeah. a dad show. It's kind of a dad show. I love it. We always get around to the kids eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it, man. This How is, long have you been doing this? Uh, too long. Not long enough. I was going to say, because you're like, yeah, but you, you've got like some pro on you. Oh, come on. This is no, Slow Heart. It's by Twin XL. Turn it up. We'll be right back on Radioactive Dads. You're listening to Radioactive Dads on Adobe Radio. Yeah, you are. I'm Brett. He's Jeff filling in for Nathan Cress on this episode. Jeff Shine, to be specific. You can find him on uh, social media at Jeff Shine, S-C-H-I-N-E. 
He's an actor. You guys know him from like every video game and a bunch of TV and movies and stuff. Uh, let's talk about that career, shall we, sir? He's muted. Oh, no. He's muted. Every Zoom call. Uh, let's try this one more there time, he is. Like, a, like a professional. <laughs> Hey, take two, all right? No, I'm yeah, right? we're leaving oh, this man. in, buddy. Uh, yeah, I know you are. Oh, let's I talk about let's talk about your career, man. I mean, uh, sure, all the acting stuff, but I, I'm I'm interested in the video game stuff too because yeah. I mean, I grew up gaming, but I feel like this whole world has passed me by. Do you Twitch, bro? I don't Twitch, bro. Okay. I don't get into that. I, I try to stay in my lane as yeah. best as I can. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much money being made over there. I don't, and I don't. I don't watch it. I don't have an account or anything. But I just hear about it all of the time, and I can imagine you do being immersed in that world like you are. Yeah. I mean, I you know I I'm familiar with it, and I do try to check it out. In fact, sometimes I'll, I'll try to. I, I think like I think the community around games um, is really. Uh, can be a really great group of, of, of people. Um, and I try to jump into like some people's Twitch stuff just to like show a little love back and give some support when, when they're like streaming a game, I think it's a great way to sort of stay connected. Yeah. Um, but, but to be honest with you, you know, I, I don't Twitch or stream largely because it's like way out of my comfort zone. Really? That's just like not a space. Yeah. It's not a space that I'm comfortable in. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on set and happy to do stuff there. But the idea of just being on camera perpetually I know. for like eight or nine hours it's just not. It's just not for me. Yeah, it's a weird world, man. I don't know. It's, it's totally weird. Yeah, uh, Call of Duty. I mean, you play. Mm-hmm. I I looked up the name because I found the picture here in my background. Now it escaped my my brain. Um, but wait, where where was it? It was a great name. Ah, oh, where'd it go? Frank, Frank Aiello. Aiello. There it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Call of Duty. I mean, dude, that's like. I mean, that's such an epic title. You know. I mean, that's just like. <laughs> it's fun too. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You know, games have been games have been good to me my whole life, um, and 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 my relationship to them has changed obviously drastically as you know as my career has changed. Um, but I mean, I, I I was a gamer as a kid. I mean, it was it really it was a, it was a great outlet for me. I loved games. I've said this before, but I mean, you know, my there's two things that always stand out to me from when I was a kid. One, I, I used to play so intensely that I'd be like dripping sweat playing like <laughs> Mario brothers. And my mom would walk in the room and she was always like, what is wrong with you? Because I would get really, I mean, I was really into it. And then I always thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. My best friend growing up was this guy named Wes and uh, his father was, uh, was a gentleman named Dudley. And uh, I remember Dudley was dedicated to Zelda, the original Zelda. And he finally beat it after like, you know, however, and his wife bought him this link trophy. And I remember thinking like, that was just the coolest gift anybody had ever, like that was, I was like, that would be on my mantle when I, you know, have a mantle. Um, <laughs> when but, I, I mean, become I've a dad, a I'm going to play video games all day and I'm going to unite yeah. the Triforce and put a trophy on my mantle. That's what being a see, dad is. See, this is the thing. Like, you know, you're, you're really in the culture. When you say Triforce, and I get legitimately excited. <laughs> Just the fact, like, because I haven't heard that phrase in forever. Well, I know about the old games. This is what I'm saying. Like, the, the world yeah. has passed me by, though. I... So my son is six years old, and my daughter just turned four. So they're older than your uh, child, who's, what, five and a half months? Brand new. Five We're going to get months. into it. Yeah. We'll get into that. But so they're, they're naturally like wanting to get into video games and entertainment and iPads and all that stuff. And I've never bought anything off an Instagram ad ever. 
except this one time where I was advertised <laughs> this like vintage video game. It like looks like a, a thumb drive basically. And it comes with yes. two wireless controllers. You plug it into the back of your TV and you have like 900 Nintendo games. I bought it. It was only like 30 bucks. I bought it. Yeah. My son is obsessed with it, loves it, but it's all the games we grew up with, like the side-scrolling ones, the, the ones that give us that that feeling, like when I said Triforce, that, totally. those games. It's all nostalgic. I'm leaving him behind too. That's my uh, what, what I'm saying. I don't know when I make the switch because... <laughs> Because these new games are so big, they're so broad, they're online, you don't know who anyone's talking to, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I find myself getting nervous, like my parents got nervous, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, I thought I was going to be cool. Why am I so uptight? It's like, yeah, it comes with what, all these different things. It's not just the games anymore, you know? Here's the thing, though. I, I don't think it makes you not cool that you're cautious, but I, I, I find myself like having these conversations with myself that I never thought I'd have because mm-hmm. I think I was very much like you. I'm like, I'm going to be the, the cool dad. But so I try to make sure I, I honor both sides of that argument, because I remember for me growing up and it was just I mean, when I was when I was leaving high school, I guess freshman year of college was when like Xbox Live was becoming a thing. So like people who were PC gamers had been communicating, I think, for years prior to that. But I wasn't a PC gamer at all. Um, consoles were the only thing I played. But all that to say, I remembered some of the like amazing relationships that I actually still have to this day from people I met. Interesting. I mean, you know, who I've been playing with for 16 years. Wow. So yes, there is definitely, like I think all things, there's two sides to the coin. There's this stuff you want to be aware of and, and you know, some not so positive things. But then there's also, you know, because here's, here's a good thing to remember. You know, you're playing and I'm playing. So there are good people yeah. out there doing it. That's true. And, and you can find them. But um, don't worry about leaving your kid behind. He needs to know where games came from. Yeah, He's I got, agree. You got to know the roots. You got to lay the foundation, man. I want him to listen Dude, to the Beatles to... before Pearl Jam, you know? And then Pearl Jam yeah. before, uh, I don't know, who's 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 cool right now? Who am I? I I'm into, um, oh, what's this? The, the band Camino. There you go. There, there's a. Oh, right. I don't know. I don't know Camino. Oh, they're cool. They're cool. I'll, I'll, I'll show you some stuff. But um, I'm just saying, like, I think laying a foundation is good. You know, I, th- I agree. I'm glad you agree. I agree with me, and I'm glad you agree with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's good it, to be agreed with. I want them to watch. Like, obviously, they're growing up watching all the kids stuff and whatever. But movie wise, I mean, someday, dude, we're gonna sit down and watch Godfather. You know, they're not gonna. Neither one of them I was is going to just get. Gonna say that. I will be. GD'd, okay? I'm upset. I will be GD if my kids get to like 20 and haven't seen those movies and stuff. There's a Here's deadline. The like, I don't want them to be those weird kids who can't hold a conversation about Back to the Future. Who are these parents? Who their, are raising these monsters? You, you want their reference point when someone says, Do you know the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. to be the original. Right. Not what's happening. I understand, man. I Bro, him and I are dropping like, into the old arcade game every night in the playroom right now. Like, I'm Leonardo. He's Michelangelo. It's the arcade game version. It's on that little thumb drive, like I said. No. You're just mashing A and B, trying to get to, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady. We can't even get past Rocksteady on level one, though. I'll be honest. So, wait, here's a good question. He's got to pick it up. Now. He's got to pick it up. He's got to start pulling his is, weight. I'm taking out way more. Dude, I'm taking out so many foot soldiers. He's not. He keeps. <laughs> he keeps getting hit by those big rolling balls down the stairs. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, you got to jump kick, dude. Jump kick, jump kick. Come on, man. You're killing me. So wait a minute. So you're a, so you're a Leonardo guy? Because I was gonna say, because who? What Ninja Turtle you are is a big question. Well, honestly, in the who game, do you, who do you think you are? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then and then like and then who would your friends say you are? Okay, all right. Well, this is a very layered question. I I Leonardo is definitely my favorite turtle. He's the leader. Come on. Okay, you know? Yeah, all right. And I think I hope my friends would say I'm Leonardo. But in the game, I have this belief that Donatello has a better reach with the he's staff. He's got better reach. Yeah, yeah, he's got a reach. So I use him in the game. But this is, so you're making tactical choices. See, I only make emotional choices. I'm Raph anytime. And he's got the shortest reach in the game. But I'm I'm an emotional guy. But he's so yeah. I'm making passionate choices. I got you. I got you. Yeah. See, that's funny because Mrs. Davern, she is a Raphael fan also. See. Oh really? So that's yeah. Like, Which turtle would she be? Would she be Raph? Oh yeah. Definitely. That's what I'm yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think this is a good this is a good icebreaker question at cocktail parties. You can find out oh, a lot sure. about people. <laughs> right. Because here's the thing. If they can't answer the question, you don't need to talk anymore anyway. Uh, they're probably Michelangelo at that point, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, that feels very disparaging to Michelangelo. They're super into Poor pizza. Mikey. <laughs> Poor, Poor Mikey. Poor Mikey. Yeah, he was always into mushroom pizza too. You know what I mean. Come on. We're all adults. <laughs> we can all say Listen, it. Those things are layered. Mikey was ahead of his time in terms of uh, recreational use is all I'm saying. I he- think. He was like a he was like a zen in the making, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, he was just getting centered. Dude, you do the voice of Captain America also, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's pretty cool. It's the original Avenger, you know. That w- yeah, I mean, I what's guess that like right, or whatever? I, get, I mean, without being without trying to be like I remember when this happened when it happened and I remember thinking like don't even try to be cool about it. Like I was just stoked. You know what I mean? I just sometimes yeah. feel like we have this responsibility. So or, let me rephrase this. Sometimes I feel like the expected response when like super cool things happen is to act like, you know, it's no big deal. It's cool. But that's not what happens at all. I, I, I got the call. So I remember when I, when I, was auditioning for, I didn't know. My wife, who's not into comics, predicted it. She's like, I bet you this is Captain America. And I thought she was nuts. I'm like, no, that's not what this is. Because um, frequently in games, you don't know what you're auditioning for. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very, very, very like code names and everything, especially when you're talking about Marvel stuff. Um, so when I got it, though, I mean, I was just shocked yeah. and stoked and like honored and thought it was like such a, I mean, what a unique experience because I, you know, you used to wear, you know, I, I used to wear the pajamas. Oh, yeah. You know, hold a garbage can lid and be like, that's your shield. And like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the fact that anybody, you know, would say collectively for a short period of time, we all agree you're Captain America. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, I would never stop telling. I, I would trade in my Captain America t-shirt for a t-shirt that said, I am Captain America. Picture <laughs> of the, the game. I'd walk around holding the games, passing them out. Like I'm a guy trying to pass out his mixtape at the, you know, yeah. Venice Boardwalk or oh, something. You're going to be that guy? Oh, yeah, man. I, yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, I remember like. So what is the game? What is set. the game specifically, though? Which game? So it's 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 Marvel's Avengers, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it's the game. You know, it's a yeah, yeah. Capcom, or oh, it's a Square Enix, and uh, it's it, it was a blast. I remember being on set, and uh, you know, you when you're doing motion capture and facial capture, um, you're on a volume, so it's like a big stage, gridded out, you know, hundreds of lights all over the place and cameras and everything. So they're capturing everything from every angle, but you know, they they usually have to mock up stuff. So they'll like mock up some boxes as a car and use a lot of imagination, but then they mocked up a shield for me. So, you know, they hand me this and it's like, you know, PVC and foam and like, you know, 
it's just it with some light reflecting dots on it so they could track it um, digitally. But as far as I was concerned, I mean, that thing was vibranium. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like, it was the, so like at the end of the shooting days, I'd be like, do I have to give it back? <laughs> like, do I have to give it back? Can you give us a Avengers Assemble or any? I mean, is that against your contract or anything if we, if you give no. us one of those? Yeah, I can give you an Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble. <laughs> you got the job, kid. <laughs> Nice. Thanks, Dude, Thanks. my son would also freak out because you're in the Lego stuff. And I got to say, like, Lego yeah. is, I mean, where did they come from with all this, like, digital? I mean, they're their own studio almost now unto themselves. All this. Every oh, time yeah. I turn on Netflix, there's a different uh, Lego cartoon has taken over another franchise yeah. <laughs> or something like no, that. Their licensing Lego is out of really- control. You know what I think a lot of these a lot of these properties are like, doing really well, I mean, especially like things like Lego, is they're make they're smart in that they're making movies that obviously like kids are super into right. they're doing stuff that's very accessible but you and i would want to sit down and watch it yeah they're like, funny it's not that thing where you're like oh i gotta watch this with my kid again no okay. well, they're like there's there's humor in there that's i feel like toy story was doing that a lot in the beginning yeah. as well yeah. jokes that you were like glad it was going to go over your kid's head but you knew like what they were and it's funny like it's it's really lego's even more subversive though i mean a a little bit like their jokes are even more a little like pushing the envelope in a great way their stuff is really smart and the way that they every time i watch one of the tv shows with the kids or the games are great too like the way that they layer the storyline that they're telling anyway within its own like they'll just make jokes about like the movies from the 80s and they're making jokes about the modern movies within the movie that you're watching. They're just, they're so smart. Yeah. They're, they're great. Yeah, the really writers smart. over there, the people creating the content. So you're in Lego Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. What you, end up doing, awesome. what you end up doing a lot of, like, it happens a lot for, in, like, for voice actors. There's so many, like, um, what they call, like, additional voices in, in games and in animation you know, and in films, a lot of times it's like Walla, which is like, I mean, you know, you're on set in a restaurant, nobody's actually talking, they record all that stuff later, layer it in, yeah. and there's like people with, you know, giant books of like stuff, there's like Walla professionals. But in like in games, you end up like doing a character and then probably like four or five other voices for like other people, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the room or stormtroopers or like whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, I got to do a, a bunch of that for, for Legos. And then I did, um, I think the character's name was Adam, Adam, Adam Mayland uh, in one of the DLCs. And that's, what's cool too about like games is that there's always new content. They're always like doing new content, you know, you're, you're reworking. So, you know, some games, you know, I'm, I'm working on or have worked on for two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. I can get a call randomly cause they're going to drop some more content. So games have been, games have been good. Well, I want to talk some work life balance and how you're balancing everything out with the, uh, you sure. know, the new arrival and all that stuff. Only five yeah, months. Man of fatherhood Dude. so far five and a half months of fatherhood but we got to take a break though wait you were sending me some song suggestions here uh oh, yeah these let's... are like songs that I, I i make my daughter listen to okay <laughs> that's good dude i'm forcing the music education so hard onto the kids man i'm like I... you will be rounded out musically Dude, I did it when she was in the womb i started i was like not messing around i wanted her to be like to come out ready so her favorite her two favorite songs right now are circles by post malone and uh, on the street where you live by I want to see Dean Martin. Oh yeah, sure, great dude, and classic. 
Way to go. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start yeah, with yeah, a it. different one, though, that you sent. Vance, I got you. Vance Joy. Oh, this is a little slower one, but I love this song. Is it a little slow? That's all right. People can yeah, chill I, I out and relax. I played this while she in the womb. So if you picture hey, that, it's much sweeter. And Listen, Radioactive Dads is on Adobe Radio in the afternoon. So, you know, just like chill out. Lean your chair back a little bit. Take a little break, you know? <laughs> this is four minutes of calm and peace brought to you by captain america himself <laughs> jeff shine uh enjoy vance joy i mean he's got a beautiful voice so turn it up little music break we'll be back to uh talk about fatherhood and everything right after this oh don't feel bad One of them was slimed on Nickelodeon. The other one got dumped on MTV. Jake, we're over. Radioactive Dads on Adobe Radio. My favorite part of that sweeper coming back into the show is that the voice, speaking of voice acting, by the way, Jeff Shine, the voice yeah. that yells, Jake, we're so over, is one of the other guys who hosts a show on the, on the network. Oh, really? it, just, <laughs> it makes me chuckle. makes me smile. It makes me smile to think about him in the studio doing that and putting on that voice and being being dumb it makes me laugh it's a good job man it's a a good job uh man so uh jeff i mean we've been talking about career and stuff a bunch but now let's move on to the kids this show is usually never about the kids so we're this is right (laughs) on par for the show but i mean so dude five and a half months old you're newly a father uh, yeah. We don't need to go through the whole birthing story and everything like that, but just in general, like how you feeling, how you doing? I've been through the wars. How's, yeah. how's it going, my brother? I'm, dude, I'm gonna give you the like. I'm gonna give you the real, tr- the truth, like the total truth. So, from for someone who like for my whole life never thought I would be a dad, I just didn't think it was gonna be in the cards for me. I, I didn't, wasn't sure I really wanted kids. It's without question the best thing uh, I've ever done. And, uh, you know, my wife and I got really lucky because our kid, um, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, sorry. My oh, I'm just listening hard. Um, so, so our, no, I thought my kid's my computer. <laughs> thought I was frozen. So, so my, my, uh, my kid is, is, she's amazing. She's really like been a, a phenomenal baby. Um, her name is Anara. And, uh, well, that's unique. What does that mean? Where does that come from? How's that spelled? I need to know all the things about that. Yeah. So it's spelled, uh, I N A R A. Okay. Um, and, uh, we spent a long time looking for names. We, we had like a top three and and that was one of them. And, and we ended up nailing the right one for her. She's definitely, uh, in Inara. And, uh, where does that come from though? It is, um, where did you get that? I, you know, I found it somewhere online. I can't. I was doing name searches, and I can't remember where yeah. I like where I found it. Yeah. Um, but when I saw it, I was like, God, it's like a really unique. It is. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know what an R. And but like the other pretty. two names that we really loved were I loved the name Maya. Oh yeah. Um, like just strong, like you know, and um, and then we were also thinking of uh, Isabel or Isabel. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, we waited till she came out. I mean, we were holding her, and the nurse was like, "What's her name?" And we're like, "I don't." We wanted to, like see her face, and um, and Nara was it. And uh, but she's been such a good baby, man. She's like, 
really smiley and fun and like you know around the four month age they like explode oh yeah all of a sudden like their world opens up and they're like interactive and um it is there's not i don't think there's anything in your life you can do that's more singly perspective shifting oh yeah um and especially from someone like and i find a a lot of times in, in our especially in our business and you know, your world is like all about you. And I was definitely like very, you know, self-centered and, you know, everything was about me for so long. And, um, you know, she's, she's made me a better person, a better actor, you know, a better man. I mean, it's, it's like nothing is quite as, you know, perspective shifting as, as a child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait till they're annoying. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm leaving No, but I'm leaving space for like all that. It's interesting because like I can't have a serious moment though, dude. I can't have a serious moment. No. (laughs) You're getting to know a lot about me right then. No, I'm just teasing you. I mean, yeah, dude, you're right about all of that. You're yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, they've done studies on it. Like you chemically change a little bit too. There's like things that you are sort of indescribable to anyone who hasn't been through it and if you if you know then you know and it's um yeah it's interesting i w- what's some challenges right now though what do you, what are I some mean, challenges that you guys are experiencing the biggest challenge is just is it, it becomes a lot about like time management yeah like it used to be things that you take for granted right like especially for like voiceovers so like i'll have a, all stuff coming in all day and sometimes things need to be like handled in like five minutes but whereas before I mean, dude, you know, you want to like, you want to hit the gym, just pick up, pick a time, five minutes where you want to go. Mm-hmm. You need to knock out an audition. No problem. Now it's like, and we're very lucky. I mean, like our mothers are here. Um, and so we're, you know, and this is one of the things that I, I remember thinking right in the beginning was like, I'm not going to be too proud as far as like, I feel like there's all this pressure on parents all of a sudden now to like, be it, be a super dad and a super mom. And you got to do everything yourself. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what happened to like a village raises a, a child? And I really believe in that. So I'm not too proud to ask for help. I got over that way long ago. So, you know, getting the time to like knock out your audition, go to the gym, take care of yourself so that you can be like, look, one of the things I realized right away is like, if I don't take care of me, I'm not going to be a good husband. I'm not going to be a good dad. I'm not going to be a good son. Like I just, and I knew that about me. So instead of like pretending like I could be more than I was, I just make sure to take care of the couple things. Might only take two hours a day to get everything I need for me, you know, done. And then I can be like the most present because when I'm with Anara, like I want to be there. I don't want to yeah. be thinking about the audition I got to do or, you know, the other responsibilities I have. So, you know, you definitely have to get really good at managing your time, delegating responsibility, and you got to like divide and conquer. And it helps a lot if you have a partner like I do, who is like understands the the, the, the career because she's been doing it since she's 15. And, um, and is a hundred percent supportive. So we just make sure we carve out time. It's hard when she's on set, you know, 12 or 15 hours a day. Um, but you know, yeah, you man. get through. Yeah. Time, time is the thing that's the hardest You You nailed it. And, uh, it's good that you already have this perspective. Keep that because it doesn't get any easier because the older they no. get, the cooler they get. And the more you want to hang out with them, I mean, not that you don't right now, but I'm just saying like once they're talking back and once they're, they have these interests and hobbies and like things that they're into that take time where you, you know, you can't really play catch for only 30 seconds. You got to be out. It takes time. So you actually have to make time and it gets harder and harder and harder. Um, But I mean, it sounds like you're already thinking in those terms, which is good. 
I can totally see that. And it's also one of the reasons too, like I wanted to keep doing the things that we're doing and like making sure I stay like on top of my responsibilities for myself as I was thinking about like, things I want to teach her. Yeah. And I think we think about, we talk, we think about like teaching them and you, you want to be honest and, and, and authentic and you want to be brave and strong and responsible and all this. But like, it's easier instead of trying to conceptualize what the lesson is, I'm just like, you just need to like do those things, be that, mm -hmm. be hardworking. They'll learn how to be hardworking, be dedicated. They'll learn dedication, be honest. They'll learn truth. So, you know, this is kind of like, it, it, in that way, it's pushed me to be like, and it's always a struggle. I mean, I'm not, I'm not always there, but to try to be the better version of me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, totally. You're aware of it. That's half the battle. I'm telling you. So yeah, 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 man. Uh, hey, I could talk all day, but we're kind of out of time Dude. on the show here. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for filling in for Nathan Crest. You guys can find Jeff Sean on any social media at Jeff, S-C-H-I-N-E. That's how you spell shine. Um, I mean, this has been just a slice of heaven, man. Come on back anytime. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to come back anytime you guys let me know, but it's been a pleasure, man. You're you're a pro. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, uh, a, little in, I'm a little in awe. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Hey, um, I always ask Nathan, we wrap it up. I just say to him, like, did we cover it? I mean, do you think we covered it? I'm going to be honest. Yeah. We scratched the surface, my friend. Oh, yeah, you're we right. We could do this. We could do this. But as far as this conversation. For now. Yeah. We cool. covered it for now. Well, cool, man. that covers it for this week on Radioactive Dads. Nathan and Brett will be back next week with a brand new episode. Streaming on Adobe.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.